Good morning. It is so good to be here. It's been two and a half years since I was very safely going across those beams without a rope. Uh, but God delivered us, and wow, I have been in construction for 43 years. I have never had more fun than I did working on this building with many of you. God, God is good. I want to say, if you're here for the first time or whatever, what everyone, whether you've been here for the last 10 years or the last 10 days, God brought you here this morning for a reason. Hopefully you will see what he's ready to do in your life, and that's what we're talking about this morning. God will go before you and make your life a blessing to others. Letting God go first. This is not a new thing. You see it all through the Bible. Sometimes it was a bad thing where the kings didn't let God go first. They went out on their own. Kind of like me going out to raise money on my own. You let God go first, things change. Let's take the Israelites, for instance. In Egypt, they'd been slaves for 400 years. That's all the people living ever knew. And God sent Moses to get them out of there. He sent plagues, insane, crazy plagues, to convince Pharaoh to let them go. Finally, he let them go, and they go out in the desert. Now, talk about God going before you. He sent a cloud by day, probably a big enough cloud to give them shade from the sun, and a pillar of fire by night. How much more evident could God be? You know, you think about that cloud and the comfort it could get when you're under unbearing sun. When we built this building and we were getting ready for the slab and all that, it was unbearable hot. And I'm from Texas, y'all. It gets hot in Texas. But the humidity here was crazy. So, Jake said, what we need is a cloud here. And he saw Tim standing on a big pile of dirt raising his hands to the heaven. And I bet it wasn't 30 minutes before we had cloud cover. And we worked in the shade all day. God uses us all. So the Israelites get out in the desert, and they're going along, and the Egyptians, they change their mind. And they say, let's go get those slaves and bring them back. So they get all their chariots, and they start going after the Israelites. The Israelites get trapped between the mountains and a sea. And they say, we're all going to die. And God used Moses to stretch out and part the Red Sea. And the Israelites crossed over. Then he closed the sea up over the Egyptians that tried to pursue them. You would think that would do it. Forever, your servant, the people would never forget. Fast forward just a little bit. And God calls Moses up on the mountain to give him the Ten Commandments. Well, in Exodus 32, verse 1, Moses had been gone for 40 days. And the people got a little restless. When the people saw Moses was so long coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron, Moses' brother, and they said, Come. Make us gods to go before us. You have a God, and you want a metal, a golden calf, 
That's what you're asking for? You want that to go before you? How could they? How could they forget all the things that God had done for them? Well, I would never have an idol. Or would I? Maybe I have an idol. Maybe it's the success of my business. Or maybe it's recognition. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's comfort, security, entertainment. All of those things can slip in just a little bit and take a little bit of what God has for us to do and pull us away from what he's called us to do. Many years I made plans. They're good plans. Wasn't anything evil about them. Wasn't anything wrong about them. But I'd make these plans, then I'd say, here you go, God. Bless this. Sometimes they succeeded, but sometimes they didn't. I wasn't letting God go first. Letting God put on my heart what to do and to make my plans for me. Only in the last few years has that happened. And I've let God lead me a little better. The whole reason I came here to begin with was because God led me here. And the only reason that I came here today, because I was planning on coming back, but it's been tough to travel. The COVID restrictions and all that just recently got lifted. But my wife took a pickleball lesson locally. And uh, her and her sister went, and she came home. She goes, Oh, it's a great instructor. His name's Rodell. Whoa, Rodell? I've only heard that in the Philippines. Is he Filipino? She said, I don't know. He could be. So next time she asked him, Rodell, where are you from? He goes, oh, I'm from the Philippines. She goes, my husband did some work in the Philippines. And he goes, where are you from in the Philippines? He goes, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's a little town. It's not like Manila. You know, it's a, it's a little town. It's, it's called San Fernando. This San Fernando, San Fernando La Union. And so I called Rodell, and he was so excited because he wants to use pickleball as a way to serve the community and bring people in to the community of God. Pickleball is a lot of fun. Even old people like me can play it. Young people can play it. Anyone can play it. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And this building can be used in so many ways. So, Israelites, they were slow learners. They had a hard time remembering God. I was talking with a friend one time. I said, how could they forget so quickly? He said, well, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So I hope the Holy Spirit helps us to remember better. Because the Israelites didn't go long before they forgot again. After they were in the desert a little while, God told Moses to tell them, go in and take the promised land. They had been offered. Once you get through the desert, there's a promised land flowing with milk and honey. A rich land you can plant and you can grow. And it's got everything you need. And so rather than going, some people got this idea. 
Maybe we should send spies, some men, to look over the land. So they picked one man from each tribe. There were 12 of them. They went and they saw that the land was good. It was everything God had told them it would be and much more. They even brought back some things from the land and some fruit and some stuff. And the people were excited. However, there was one catch. They said, the people that inhabit it are giants. They are huge and stronger than us. And they make us look like grasshoppers. And the cities have walls that extend to the skies. So they painted this really strong picture. Only two of the 12 spies, Joshua and Caleb, said, It doesn't matter how intimidating it looks. God will deliver us. But the people, the spies that didn't want to go, got everybody riled up. And they said, We're not going. And God got very angry with the people. And the people said, God hates us. We'll go. And God told Moses, do not tell them to go. Because I will not go with them. But they went anyhow. And the big boys, the Anakites, they came down from the hills like a swarm of bees. And descended on the Israelites and chased them all the way back into the desert. And then they spent 40 years in the desert because they didn't believe until all the men of fighting age had died off except for Joshua and Caleb. After that 40 years was up, Joshua and Caleb now were about 85 years old. That's old. That's older than me. That's older than Steve. Just barely. Joshua 14, 10 through 12. Caleb was offered, what land do you want? Caleb was one who always believed. He said, I'm stronger now than I was when I was a young man. I'm ready to go. Give me the big boys. Give me the Anakites. Give me the fortified cities that looked impossible. He said, because God will deliver it to me. And God did exactly that. The impossible thing. You know, Tim having a dream about this building, that didn't look possible, but God provided beyond our greatest imagination. One thing about this building is it can be used for so many things. When it floods, you're on higher ground. Get a typhoon, the highest recorded winds in San Fernando is 150 miles an hour. 240 kilometers per hour is the highest winds that have ever been recorded here. One company would not rate a building that fast. This company rated it for 150 miles per hour, 240 kilometers. This building will withstand the strongest winds that has ever hit San Fernando. So, so God provided a refuge not only for his believers, but for the city and for the other people yet to be brought to Christ. Proverbs 16.3. It was used in a prayer service this morning, and I already had it in my lesson. Proverbs 16.3 has meant a lot to me. It's, it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will be established. So when you make your plans, or plans that God gives you, you commit them to Him, 
He will establish them. Now, back in 1998, I was working long, long hours. So long that I started building a house on the side. My job wasn't quite enough to pay for our expenses, and I had somebody that had a very big house that wanted me to help them build it. So I would work my regular job 50 hours a week, but I would leave in the morning before sunrise. My kids were still asleep. I would leave, get home in the evening well after they had gone to bed, and I wouldn't see my kids for several days. I knew something had to change. Then God provided three very large houses after that and one other very large addition. And I told my wife, I want to quit this regular job, the one that had a paycheck every week, the one that provided benefits, the one that, even though it wasn't enough, would give us some security. And she did not like that. I said, I think I can make more money and have more time to spend with the family. And she said, you are dreaming. Well, I am a dreamer. And sometimes it gets me in trouble. So I could not do anything. I could not move ahead on my own without my wife being my partner. She is my best friend. We've been together 38 and a half years. And I knew at that time this would not work. If I go out, it will really strain everything. After a few days, she came to me and she said, God put on my heart this verse from Proverbs 16.3 and she read that verse and she said so if you want to do this and you think that's where God is leading you do it and that is the only reason my business succeeded because I committed it to God and he gave the increase now there were ups and downs in it it didn't always go great there, things go slow, housing market and such like that. And uh, fast forward about 13 years, and actually before that, in America, well, it was a nationwide, worldwide crisis. And in 2008, the stock market crashed. And so all the wealthy people, the ones that I built houses for, weren't so wealthy or didn't feel like they were so wealthy, and so I got no business at all. None. I would bid a job, somebody else would get it. I'd bid another job, somebody else would get it. We'd put some money aside. That money was gone now. And we were buying groceries with our credit card because we didn't have enough to make. I had prayed. I had prayed some more, and I prayed some more. And I was angry. I was angry with God why, why are you not giving me work? I've always depended on you. Well, then kind of a funny thing happened. I didn't tell this earlier today, but I was playing soccer. That's football. And an over 50 league. And even though I was faster than anybody on the field, I was on a team that was the worst team in the league. I'm very aggressive, and I would come in very fast, and my wife was afraid of two things. First of all, we had no insurance, no health insurance of any kind, and if I got hurt, I might not be able to work. 
and we didn't have any money for hospitalization. The other concern she had was me hurting someone else. Now, that was a real threat. Well, this particular evening, I prayed the prayer I always prayed before I went to soccer, that I didn't get hurt and that it wouldn't hurt anybody else. But I added to it. Now, this is very irreverent. I'm sorry. But I said, and Lord, I have almost scored goals several times. I've almost done well. I'm not asking for a miracle here. I'm just asking you to help me play to the best of my ability. That's all I'm asking. And I added a phrase. It's embarrassing. But I said, it's not like I believe you're listening anyhow. I stand before you. I did not get struck by lightning as I deserved. (laughs) But my whole prayer, basically, I was mad at God because the only reason I was playing soccer is because I'd already paid it. And so I went. Well, that night, our two best players on the team were not there. And we had not won a game yet. I go out there, and they put me in on defense. I was better at offense, but they put me on defense. And I killed it. The guys were so mad at me because I was just disarming them, taking the ball away, passing it downfield. And he pulls me out, the coach does. He said, I need to trade you out with the guy. And he sent me back in on offense. Now, I had not scored a goal that year at all. And I charged forward and scored a goal. We were now even. I'm like, yes! Right after that, I scored another goal. After that, the guy's got the ball on that side of the field and he's bringing it down. And I'm running forward. And he sees me, and he pops a high ball that comes over my head, lands in front of me. I'm charging forward, waiting for it to come down and bounce on the ground for the second time so I can kick it. And I see people from my peripheral vision coming in on me. So I jumped up in the air sideways and kicked the ball and made a goal from this high. It was insane. Hat trick. We won by two points. First game ever. The first goal I'd scored turned into three goals. I am so good. I forgot my prayer. I call up the two guys that weren't there. I said, you'll never believe it. We won. Guess who scored three goals? Woo-hoo. Still driving home. Call my wife. Hi, dear. Nobody got hurt. And I scored three goals. What? This is crazy. I hang up the phone, and it's quiet in my car as I drive home. And then, as if a voice in my head, a hand on my shoulder, says, I told you, I've got your back. So chill out. (laughs) I thought... And my response out loud was, Whoa! You answered that prayer? That prayer you answered? So I said, Okay. You know, it's like three days later, there had been some storms 
and I became an insurance adjuster and started working 85 hours a week, making more money than I'd ever made before. It was if the way adjusting works, you go out on big storms, typhoons, which we call hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, fires. You go in, you help the people collect what they need. You tell the insurance money, the insurance people, how much money it will cost to rebuild. And it was an instant switch. It was easy with my experience in construction. And I thought that's where I was going to stay. And then a few years later, God put me back in home building. The good thing about adjusting is storm season only happens about six months a year. You work crazy hours. I'm talking 90 to 100 hours a week. But it may only last for six weeks. And, but you make really crazy money. And then you can kind of take off the rest of the year. And so God kind of said, oh, you want to do mission work? How about six months off a year? So that's how I started doing mission work again. Then I had somebody with a very large house. Crazy, crazy. You see the crazy rich houses? Well, that was one of them. And they wanted me to build it. That house is still going on four years later. It was right after I came to the Philippines that it started. And it's been a very good job. I've got other jobs too. But one thing happened in, right after we built this building, COVID. My son had graduated with a second degree and was working for me and said, Dad, I just want to work for a few weeks till I get married in March. He got married the last weekend before everything was locked down. Construction continued, but nobody was getting married. Nobody was going to church. Nobody was going to restaurants because everything locked down. Well, I'm not the nicest person to work for sometimes. And some of you guys that work for me would see me kind of twist off, as I call it, get angry and yell. My son doesn't tolerate that, and I did not expect him to be able to work with me. What a blessing. Almost three years later, my son still works for me, and our business increased by four times. And and reason I can be here today is because he's back there running the show while I'm gone. So God is good when he goes before you. I'm going to leave you with uh, my favorite story in the Bible. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6. Elisha is the prophet. The king, Aram has been fighting with the king of Israel. And he would set traps up for Israel in ambushes to where he could defeat them. But Israel would always know about it. He thought one of his officers were a spy, a mole, somebody telling them what is going on. And one of the officers says, it's not us. It's that prophet Elisha. And he goes, bring him to me. So during the night, thousands of soldiers surrounded the city. You ever watch Lord of the Rings or something like that where there's just a sea of soldiers? That's what it was like. The next morning, Elijah walks out at daybreak. And his servant looks out and says, oh no, what are we going to do? And Elisha said, those who are for us are greater than those against us. Well, put yourself in the servant's shoes. You're thinking about the people in the city. They're not so tough. What is he talking about? And Elisha prayed to God, open my eyes. 
And he opened the servant's eyes, and all in the hills surrounding that army were chariots of fire, angels ready to do battle. Elisha asked God, strike them with blindness, and they were all blind, King Aram's men. Elisha goes down there to them. He goes, hey, the guy you're looking for, he's not in this city. Come this way. And he led them into the center of Samaria, surrounded by the forces of the king of Israel. And then he said, Lord, open their eyes. The soldiers of the enemy opened their eyes to see what looked to be their certain death. And the king of Israel said, shall we kill them? And Elisha said, no. Give them a feast. Give them something to eat. Give them the best. So all those army guys were fed by their enemies and sent home. The king of Aram never attacked Israel again. So if you have a conflict in your life, somebody, some family member, something going on, I've got it going on right now too. Let God. Let go and let God. God will do better than you ever could. If it comes time for you to act, God will make it clear on what you should do. And it may be feeding your enemy. It may be something you don't want to do. But be ready to let God go before you. Alright, so wrap up na konti. Ang sabi sa Biblia sa John chapter 5, sabi, itong sabi ni Jesus, He says, My Father, is talking about God, My Father is always working. So, una, Alam natin na ang Diyos hindi retired. Hindi siya sa ibang planeta na parang busy sa ibang bagay at minsan-minsan si-check yung email niya, yung mga prayers mo sa kanya. Hindi ganun. Ang Diyos ay nandi dito, laging kumikilos at nakikipag-interact sa atin. He's in he wants na maging involved sa buhay natin. Just like Jesus said, my father's always working 24/7. Hindi siya napapagod. Ang Diyos ay hindi pipi, hindi bingi, hindi bulag. He is a living, speaking, uh, loving and working God. And then sabi ni Jesus sa ibang verse, I only ako sabi ni Jesus, you know, Jesus could do miracles. Alam na ano mga tao na nakakalakad sa tubig. He does uh he makes multiplication of bread. He heals people. But Jesus said, I, will, I can only do whatever I see my Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, ayun din ang ginagawa ng Son. Because the Father loves the Son and shows Him everything He does. Ibig sabihin, ang confidence ni Jesus sa kanyang Magagawa sa kanyang pamumuhay, ang confidence ay gagaling sa kanyang assurance that the Father loves the Son and shows Him whatever He's doing. So, yung plano ng plano mo, plano ko sa buhay natin is pwedeng maganda, pwedeng good plan. But you know, I don't want good plans. I want God plans. Di ba? May topic noon na good or God. Ano mag gusto mo? Good? Or God. Malayo ang pakakaiba si good at saka si God. You might have good intentions, but we need the nature of God. You might have a good idea, but we need God's mind. Because good can go bad anytime. But with God, 
bad can go good. Even something like yung pandemic, ginamit ni Lord ang pandemic to bring yung anak ni Joe closer sa kanya. Hindi sila gaano ka-close noon eh. Pero nung pandemic, God moved in that situation and brought yung anak niya hindi lang closer sa kanyang communication or relationship no naging partners pa sila sa negosyo niya and syempre si Joe natuwa na na close niya sa anak niya and nag times 4 na ang negosyo nila so god is a god who works all things together look at romans chapter 8 verse 28 it says god works or causes everything to work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose for them. The Passion Translation says, Every details of our lives, kumikilos ang Diyos to bring about His plan and His purpose. And yung una nabanggit ni Jonah, something about yung mga Israelites nung lumabas sila sa Egypt, pinalaya sila, hindi na sila alipin. And now they're free. And now they can go to the promised land. Ano nangyari? Nagkalimutan nila. Kaya sila sumasamba sa mga Diyos-Diyosan because they forgot all of the miracles that God has done. Ikaw ba minsan na kakalimutan ka ng mga answered prayers noon? Like what Joe mentioned na binag-pray niya ang kanyang... Nag-pray siya, Lord, tulungan mo ako sa sports. Kasi soccer player siya. And then he said, "Kung kung tunay kang Dios, kung anjan ka talaga, kung willing ka tumulong sa akin, tulong mo ako na give my best." And nung gabi na yan, talagang nakascore siya ng tatlong beses. And then ang feeling niya sa una is galing ko naman, galing galing. Until naalala niya na, o nga pala, hindi strength ko. It was God. Tinulungan ako ni God. But but kalimutan ko. Tapat unang-unang score pa lang magpapasalamat. Lord, thank you. You're working. You answered my prayers. Pero it took a while. And I was thinking, minsan sa buhay natin, just like yung mga Israelites, we think, you know, I would never worship a false god. I would never bow down and, uh, you know, consider some piece of plastic or yung bato, kahoy, a carved image. I would never think that that would be my savior. I would never bow down and worship something like that. I only pray to God. Is it true? How many of you would say, I would never, never worship an idol? I would say that. Pero sabi ni Joe, maaring hindi yung bato or kahoy, but maybe we do bow down our lives to our career. Maybe we do submit and, and really prioritize the financial security. Or maybe you adjust everything in your life, even your love and service to God, just to compromise for the sake of a relationship. Anything and anyone might, could become an idol that you submit yourself to, that you bow down to. So how would we how would we not forget the Lord bilang ating tanging tagapagligtas? And you know, I, 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 this is what the Lord was 
downloading to me kanina as habang nakikinig ako kay Joe. Because we don't want to forget. If we forget, we go to idols. If we forget that the Lord is trustworthy, He will provide, then we will rush to some other alternative substitute. If we forget that the Lord is our first love, forget that the Lord is the one who can save us and love us the way we need to be loved. And if we forget that, then we will automatically start to run to other suggestions, other false or fake saviors. How can we not forget? Here's what I feel like the Lord downloaded to me. The way to not forget is to remember. To remember. Now, remember is not the opposite of forget. The opposite of remember is dismember. Right? But dismember, it means to be disconnect. Sa katawan, kung may taong na-dismembered, ibig sabihin, humiwala yung kanyang braso or yung kang leg. And what happens is, the way to remember is to reconnect to God. To remember the Lord. And Jesus said about the, the bread and the wine in communion, which we did last week and we'll do it again. He says, this you do to remember me. You will not forget the Lord kapag lagi-lagi ka attend and we have communion together and you will remember the Lord. You reconnect to Him madalas. And one thing more about remember is that when you remember, you renew your covenant to the church family. How many of you want to be a member of a family? See, we, I don't want to be an orphan. Hindi kalaob ng Dios na tayo ay mamuhay bilang mga ulila. It's the will of God that we are in a family. Not only a biological family, but also a spiritual family. So remember the Lord. Remember His family. Connect to a cell group. Connect to the church. And you will see that hindi ka maaring magkalimutan or forgetting the Lord because you are remembered. So that's the word of the Lord today. And number one, I want you to think about at papag-usapan sa mga cell groups natin this week is anong gagawin mo para laging seeking first God's will? Imbis na sasabihin mo, oh, itong gusto ko, itong balak ko. Tapos, Lord, pagpalain mo ako, ha? Sa aking mga plano. Sa aking kagustuhan. No? Hindi yan ang way of success. Ang way of success is makinig at sumunod sa kanyang kalooban. Hindi tayo ang uutosin ng God na sumunod sa ating plano. God is not our servant to follow what we command Him to do. Because he sees all, he knows all, alam niya kung best para sa buhay natin. So, uunahin si God, and then we will say, Lord, whatever is your direction, kung ano yung gusto mong mangyari, mauna po kayo, and I will follow you. And I will be the one na mag adjust I will be the one to obey whatever you say because I trust you. And I trust the Lord with, okay, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust the Lord with all your heart and do not depend sa sariling mong kaisipan in all of your ways 
Acknowledge Him in all your ways. Say, Lord, ano ba? Ano ba? Anong plano mo? Anong decision mo? And He will direct. He will direct your paths and make great success. So that's the message of the Lord. Salamat sa Diyos. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you this morning that we've heard from you. And that today, your people will come to follow you more closely. Lord, we will not just be Christians, but we will be disciples. We will not just be a part of the audience, but we will be connected to the family. We will not just be consumers, we will plug into cell group and we will plug into your word. So Lord, do a transformation work in the lives of everyone here today. And Lord, I pray that we will rejoice as we go out knowing that you have been pleased in Jesus' name. Amen.